So this past week, our youngest son told me, you're not gonna believe what I learned in class today. And y'all, I'm gonna be honest, my first response was, I am so glad you are learning something with the cost of these property taxes. <laughs> and he said, that's what we learned about, taxes. And after we laughed and got over the irony of that, I thought, oh my goodness, if I knew that my teacher or my professor was going to be teaching about taxes, I might try to find a way to tune out or to you know, get sick suddenly. And then that made me think about y'all. Like, you know, you get that e-newsletter on Thursday and it tells you what the scripture is gonna be and the, the title of the sermon. And I wonder if any of you, and I'm saying I've done it too, you, you're like, okay, this is gonna be a sermon I tune out on or maybe we play hooky today, you know? Well, if you did, you saw that today our scripture is titled um, The Widow's Offering, sometimes called The Widow's Might. And y'all, for hundreds of years, this scripture has been used by preachers during stewardship season. And I'm not gonna say that I'm never gonna use it in the month of October during stewardship season, and I'm definitely not gonna get in the way of God bringing forth more generosity from the scripture today, let God lead. But I feel like that there is a different word that's gonna come from this scripture today. And what that word is, you have to stay tuned until the end of the sermon. We have been journeying with Jesus. We've seen as he's encountered different experiences that the journey to the cross involves change, it involves blessing, it involves cleansing. And then today we're gonna see something that happens to Jesus when he's walking through the temple courts and he just notices something different. So here, our scripture for today, it comes from the 12th chapter of Mark's gospel. Hear now the word of our Lord. Jesus is in the temple, and he sat down opposite the treasury, and he watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and he said to them, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So we are in the 12th chapter, and this is what we know is going on in Jesus' life up to this point. We know that Jesus is staying in a small village a little bit outside of Bethany that he could have walked back and forth into Jerusalem in the morning. We know that when he comes into Jerusalem, he goes to the temple courts and he sees things, and a lot of these things upset him. Last week, we, see that we saw that he saw people trading money and buying things in the temple and he casts out the people that are buying and selling doves and he turns over the money changers tables. And we also have seen up to this point that the Pharisees and the scribes are getting really upset with Jesus, so much so that they are trying to find a way to kill him. And then we know that in verse 38, just before the passage that we read today, for the first time in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus makes a comment about these Pharisees and scribes, and he tells the crowd, beware of the scribes and Pharisees. And then for the first time 
The second time in the Gospel of Mark, he makes sure to include this really interesting detail. And it says, Jesus sat. You see, Jesus only sat down three times in Mark. The first time that he sat down was on the colt that led him into Jerusalem on how we celebrate Palm Sunday. The second time is in our scripture today, and then the third time is at the end of the gospel when Jesus ascends into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And today, though, Jesus sits down and he does so, we are told, the detail is that he sits down opposite the treasury. Now, the treasury would have been one section of the temple. And in this section, it was also called the court of women. Keep that in mind. The court of women was as far as women could go into the temple. That's as far as they were allowed in. From that point on, only men could go. And this is where the treasury is located, and it had 13 columns And below each column was a wooden box, and and each of those boxes represented a different area of need. And so people would put certain things in each one, depending. This one would go to the poor, and this one would go to care for the priests that lived there. What we believe was on top of these wooden boxes was a bronze funnel. And so that meant that when people went by and put the money in, one could hear how much money was being put into the box. And yet Jesus is is sitting there, y'all, and hundreds of people, remember this is Passover week, hundreds of people would have been coming by the treasury and putting their coins in, and he notices one person. He happens to notice possibly the lowest person that would have even been allowed into the temple this far, not just because she's a woman, but because she's a widow. But, but notice what Jesus points out. He says this, others, the others have given out of their abundance. Do y'all remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000? And there's these fishes and loaves and it's multiplied. And at the end of the story, we are told that the disciples are to collect what is left over. That's the same word here. You see, everybody that was just going by was just giving their leftovers. That indicates to me that what they were putting into the treasury, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was just going through the motions. The message version of the Bible, this is how it interprets that passage. It says, they put in what they will never miss. What they'll never miss. But then our widow, in contrast, it says that she puts in two copper coins equivalent to a penny. And then she said, Jesus says, she put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And y'all, the Greek for all she had to live on is just one word. It's a noun. It's life. She put in her life. She literally, in, in doing that, in putting those coins down that funnel, that was it. From that moment on, she doesn't know where her next meal is going to come from. All she's doing is entrusting complete and total surrender. That's what the journey to the cross involves, surrender. Jesus says the word truly here, truly I tell you this woman. The Greek translation of truly is amen. 
And you know when you hear something and you just want to say amen because you believe it in it so much, you just say amen. That's what Jesus is saying amen to. Truly, I tell you, this woman has put in more. The journey to the cross involves surrender. What does surrendering mean? It means yielding to a power greater than yourself. It's the first step in the 12-step program for addicts. It's to say, I am powerless. I surrender. The first step means I am going to surrender and depend on the ability and the might and the power of God rather than the power and the might and the ability of myself or of anyone else. Surrender simply means letting go. Letting go and letting God. And surrender is something that Jesus calls us to over and over in the Gospels. Just a few weeks earlier, Jesus is walking with his disciples and they get in an argument about who is the greatest. And Jesus says to them, whoever wishes to be great among you must be a servant. Surrender. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, they must deny themselves daily, take up their cross, and follow. Surrender. So where do you see yourself in the scene here? I too often am one of the many in the crowd, doing my duty, going through the motions of faith, but in reality, just offering to God my leftovers. Before a meal, I'm hurried, I've got my, fa- my family finally sitting down. They're halfway through theirs. I haven't begun mine. And then I say, oh, let's say grace. Thank you for this food, amen. Just offering to God my leftovers. You see, Jesus knew, as he's sitting there, y'all, he's sitting there, he sees this woman. He sees, in a way we couldn't have seen, that as she offers her whole life in a few days, he will literally be doing the same. And you wanna know what Jesus thought about surrendering? He thought it was pretty awful. He knew it was hard. In a couple days, we see that Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, pondering this surrendering that he's going to have to do, and he falls to his knees, and he begs God, no. Jesus knows that surrendering is really tough, because surrendering for Jesus meant pain. It meant persecution. It meant physical suffering and death. For Jesus, surrendering meant giving up his whole life, literally, And so as he views this woman, he sees that she has surrendered everything that she had and she's trusting it to the community to take care of her. She's entrusting it to God to take care of her. So what does this journey with Jesus ask all of us to surrender? I know at least one of you looks at the scripture before Sunday because one of you happens to have a widow's mite just this tiny little coin. This woman in our church, she wears it around her neck. She's been told that this one's actually 2,000 years old, so this could be the the, the mite that Jesus was talking about. If you've ever wondered why it's called mite, M-I-T-E, it's because when the people that were translating the King James Bible in the 17th century, that was the lowest coin at that time. The lowest coin in first century was called a lepton. So, It's actually the widow's lepton, but I I wanted to ask this woman why. Why does she wear this around her neck every day? She said, you know, it's a constant reminder of the huge trust and love that this woman had for God. 
She was so brave to give even this tiny coin. It was all she had not knowing when she would eat again. That's the reminder. As I was reflecting on this with the staff this week, I just couldn't help though but think about so many of you out here, and I don't know all of your stories, but I know a lot of them. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want any of you to be feeling like, you know what, Emily? I have surrendered over and over and over again, and Jesus hasn't noticed me. As much as I have tried to surrender, tragedy still seems to seek me out. And I want you to know, I I looked back and I thought, oh, how can I encourage them? And then I noticed, do you know who he notices? He doesn't notice the person who hasn't experienced tragedy. The very person that Jesus points out is the widow, the one who has suffered, the one who has nothing left, who has time and time again hoped that Jesus or somebody that her God would notice her. And this is what I want you to hear this day is that Jesus notices you. Jesus sees you and Jesus commends your faithfulness because all she brought was just a little, but it was all she had. Whatever level of need any of us have in this room, all we need to do is surrender it, to let it go. As difficult as surrendering is for me, what gives me courage is that I journey with a surrendering God. I journey with a God who knows how absolutely difficult it is, but guess what? That God walks right next to me and says, you have no shame. So some days when it's really difficult, I know. We journey with a God who says, I don't ever want to make you feel guilty for your inability because I am always able. I am always able, God says to us. We journey with a God who is whispering over us our entire lives, you are my beloved, you are mine, you can do it, let it go, surrender. I want to close with this beautiful poem called Letting Go by Sarah R. She's an associate pastor at Preston Hollow in Dallas, young adult woman, just brilliant. Listen to this. If the trees can do it, then so can I. At least that's what I tell myself. For if year after year the trees can let go of their brightest leaves and that warm autumn glow, then maybe in time, like trees with their leaves, I can release. That which keeps me from you, maybe in time, I can let go of my need for certainty and my need to look good and my need for busyness and my need to numb pain The trivial ways I measure my self-worth or the hurtful ways I measure yours. For if year after year the trees let go, then maybe in time I can too. Maybe in time my heart will know spring. Amen.